Oh, I just like that rockin' music. Anyway, this is Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. And I want to welcome you to the really telling it like it is program. This is where we provoke you to think about how you think about the kingdom of God. And right now we're in a series where we are provoking you. I mean, really provoking you about how you think about sonship, who it is that you are. So if you missed last week's program, please go and watch it. But invite your friends, your enemies, all of these different people that you know. Push the share button. Share this with everybody because Apostle Michael Fram is with me. And he is just obeying God in a manner that is... Um, is all about you for you not only is he talking about sonship not only is he talking about the father's heart but he's 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 uh uh he's acting it out he is manifesting it and this is what we're here for so uh apostle michael come on uh, uh you're displaying what it is that god wants done and you're you're actively doing it and i'm just so glad that you're with me i mean i'm so glad that you're on this program and that we're doing this particular series so i'll be quiet so that you can <laughs> well it is my honor and privilege to do this and to be with you again we've been doing this now for uh, several months and i will do this as long as the master says and so um, it, it's a joy and an honor and a privilege for me to be with you. And thank you for sharing your platform with me to bring kingdom truth and kingdom reality to the body of Christ. We, we left off last week with the Holy Spirit kind of just redirected where I was going. I had some things that I had planned to, to talk about and I was about halfway through or a third of the way through when the Holy Ghost just hit me. And so I have enough sense and I know that Doc will allow me to. I just yielded to the Spirit of God and went where he was going. And that's always what we need to do. We need to go where he's going, do what he's doing and say what he's saying. But I, I do want to continue laying some of the biblical foundation for sonship and then i want to get into some other things but i want to get the foundation laid first because if we don't have a solid foundation to build upon then everything that we build will end up being dilapidated you know jesus told the the parable of the wise man and the foolish man and the wise man built his house on the rock and the foolish man built this house on the sand. And when the storms came and the adversity came, one house stood and one house, the Bible says, great was its fall. And so if we're not building on a solid doctrinal foundation, no matter what the teaching is, no matter what doctrine it is we're talking about, if we don't have a good, solid biblical foundation underneath us, what we're saying is not going to hold up. It will not stand the test of time, and it will not stand in the face of adversity and trial. And everything that you say you believe will be 
challenge. Mark my word. Anything that you say you believe, it's going to be challenged. And so if you don't have a solid biblical basis, you're going to end up falling. Because the enemy is going to find out if you believe it or if you don't. And so you better be founded on the bedrock of the word of God. So let's continue our our doctrinal foundation here for sonship. This is a very well-known sonship scripture or passage. The one we did last week was a little bit obscure to people that they don't normally think of. But go to Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Of course, this is the prophet Malachi. And he's prophesying. He says, behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the land with a curse. So we see that God is very interested in fathers having hearts turned to children. Notice, according to the order that this is written, that the hearts of fathers must be turned to children first. That's the prerequisite. I think many in the kingdom right now or in the church, because really kingdom won't think like this, but people in an old wineskin will think like this. They, they think in terms of, well, you better submit to me. You better yield to my authority because we view these things in a hierarchical mindset. But notice the sons don't turn to the fathers until the fathers have their hearts turned toward the son. So in order for us to see true biblical kingdom father-son order, it has to start with fathers turning their hearts towards sons first. Long before the sons ever turned to the fathers. Now, let me tell you an expression in the world that will take on new light to you in light of this scripture. In the world, we say, or people say, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And a true father's heart is not about what it can get, but it's about what it can give. And we've been dealing with generations of leaders in the church that have been about, you are here to serve me. You are here to help me fulfill my vision. And if it's not my vision, it's thy vision. 
Oh, I'm making all the religious folk mad right now. I can tell. I can hear it in the in all the religious demons are mad. But that's not the godly example. Fathers are about what can I pour into you so that I can help you fulfill your destiny and your God assignment. Not you're here to serve me, but I am here to serve you. For Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, did not come to be ministered unto, but to serve and lay down his life a ransom for many. He is our great example even as he took aside his garments and put on the apron, taking the form of the servant and got down and washed the disciples' feet. He was showing, I've come to serve. And the true heart of a father is that of a servant, serving their sons, pouring into their sons. And when the sons know, that the fathers really love them and really care for them, then the sons have no problem turning their hearts to the fathers. I know one of my spiritual daughters, I had only been working with her about six months at the time. And I felt like I had to tell her something that was kind of hard for me to say. And I knew if I didn't word it right, if I didn't say it right, she might take offense and it might do more harm than good. Now, in the old days, before a father's heart was dropped in my spirit, my attitude would be like, well, I'll just go ahead and stomp all over your feet. It's okay. God will heal your toes. There was not a whole lot of compassion and concern. But you know, there, there's scriptures that began to haunt me. Scriptures like that our words would minister grace unto the hearer. It began to haunt me. That our words would be seasoned with grace. It began to haunt me as this father's heart began to be developed within me. And so I said to this dear woman, I said, honey, I feel like there's something that, and yes, I can call my spiritual daughters honey. Sometimes I call Dr. Baker honey, just not publicly. In public, I call her Dr. Baker, but privately, I call her honey. It's okay then, but publicly, I have to show honor to whom honor is due. But I said to her, honey, I feel like there's something I need to say to you that it's a little bit hard, and I'm very apprehensive about saying this. And she said to me, it's okay. You can just tell me. She said, six months ago, I probably would not have been able to handle it. But I know that you love me. And I know that you have my best interest at heart. And I know that you are a safe place for me. Go ahead and say it. And so I still cautiously said what I wanted to say and felt the Lord was having me say, 
And to my surprise, she said, oh, that is such a confirmation to me because I've been thinking that same thing. Well, praise the Lord that what I said was a confirmation. But the point of the story was we had come to the place in the relationship that she realized that I loved her and had her best interest at heart. And she said, you're a safe place for me. See, sons will not turn to fathers until they know that. And we've had many trying to demand obedience instead of obedience being a reciprocal action of our love in demonstration to them. But when our love is in demonstration to them, they have no problem turning their hearts back to us. I want to show you something else in this particular text that not I've really only heard, I think, one other person talk about this. But in the context of verses 5 and 6, I want you to notice, it says, Behold, I am going to send you Elijah, the prophet. Now, God is speaking about a future time through the prophet Malachi. I'm sending you Elijah, the prophet. Now, there are multiple fulfillments of prophetic words. There's not always just one fulfillment of a prophetic word. Now, we know that one fulfillment of this prophetic word was when John the Baptist or John the Baptizer came. And John the Baptist or John the Baptizer came to prepare the way of the Lord to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the father. Because John came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. That was one fulfillment of this prophetic word. But there's another fulfillment of this prophetic word. As we go through church history over the last 60 to 70 years, we realize If we go back at this point, probably 70 or 80 years, we had one ascension gift that was operating within the church. We were a pastor-only model. But God began to work several works of restoration, restoring ascension gifts to the church that were lacking from the church. And so in the late 40s to early 50s, we saw a restoration move known as the Voice of Healing Revival. And in the Voice of Healing Revival, we saw the function or the ascension gift or the office, whatever term you like, of the evangelist restored to the church. And then we came into the 70s and we had the charismatic renewal and the Word of Faith movement. In the Word of Faith movement, we saw the restoration of the ministry gift, ascension gift, or office of the teacher. And we saw teachers restored to the church. So we went basically from being a one-fold ministry of pastor only 
to a threefold ministry of pastors, evangelists, and teachers. But we were still two-fifths short. Even in the Word of Faith movement, even though we taught five-fold ministry, in all reality, we were a three-fold ministry and we're 40% or two-fifths short. And so God brought us into a period in the late 80s into the mid-90s, and we had what was known as a prophetic restoration. And we began to accept that not only was the gift of prophecy still active, which most charismatics and Pentecostals believe, even word of faith, even charismatic, even Pentecostal, all of them believed in prophesying. But we didn't so much accept prophets. And so God brought a prophetic restoration and he reinstituted or reinstated prophets to the church. And then we got into the mid to late 90s and God did it again. And he brought about an apostolic reformation where apostles were restored to the church. Now, with the apostolic restoration came the fathering movement because the apostolic has the fathering heart. The fathering heart is part of the apostolic. Now, I want you to keep this church history that we've just laid out very briefly in your mind and overlay it over this text. Behold, I am going to send Elijah the prophet. I am going to send the prophetic before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, and he will restore the hearts of the fathers, the apostolic movement. In other words, when I do this work of restoration, I'm going to send the prophetic first. The spirit of Elijah. Elijah the prophet. The prophetic is coming first to make way for the apostolic for the fathering. Because I can't release the apostolic and the fathering until first I release the prophetic. And the prophetic will prepare the way of the Lord. The prophets will prophesy the coming father movement. The prophets will prophesy the coming apostolic reformation. And so we saw in church history that God first restored evangelists, then he restored teachers, then he restored prophets, and then he restored apostles. And he did it that way because Malachi prophesied it that way. He said the prophetic must come first. Then I can release the fathers. Then I can release the father's heart. And so God did exactly as Malachi prophesied. And he released Elijah, the prophetic. We had the prophetic restoration setting the stage, preparing the way, making the way for the sent ones to come, which apostles means sent one. What's one of the meetings means a sent one. 
the sent ones coming with the heart of the Father. And we've already talked about the fact that in our years, in past time frames, we've seen in the church a lack of Father's hearts. But we're seeing now where the hearts of fathers are being turned towards sons because we're in an apostolic reformation that the way was prepared by a prophetic restoration. And that prophetic restoration paved the way for the apostolic reformation where now we have many that are being concerned about raising up another generation. And so God prophesied this all the way back in Malachi. He said, I am going to bring it to the place where the hearts of fathers are going to be turned to sons. And then the sons will have their hearts turned to the in reciprocal fashion. Let's not put the cart before the horse. In reciprocal fashion after the father's hearts. And to make that a reality and a possibility, I'm going to bring a prophetic move and a prophetic restoration to pave the way for this sonship movement to be made manifest within the earth. You want to say something, Doc? I saw your finger. No, you're good. All right. I just want to make sure. I mean, after all, it is your program. Let me go to one other scripture, and I know we're not going to get through this today because time is rapidly going away from us. But I, at least I want to start to touch on this, and this can be the coming attractions, if you will, for where we will begin the following week. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is a very familiar portion of scripture again in dealing with sonship. If you have an inspired Bible, it's on page 1475. <laughs> I'm reading from the New American Standard, which is what I normally read from. Either NASB or New King James Version are the two that I read from the most. But... 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to start reading at verse 14. I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. So number one, before we even get into the part that everybody knows, notice how Paul is referring to the Corinthian church. I'm not writing to to shame you, but to admonish you as beloved children. The fact that he's referring to them as beloved children means that he's viewing himself as their father. You're, you're my kids. You're my children. I'm writing to you like you are my children. So the father's heart is already on display. Now we go into verse 15. For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, many translations say teachers, 
the original Greek actually says boy teachers or boy tutors in Christ. Yet, you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. What a powerful statement. I became your father. Let me just say this, and it's something we're going to hit on again. But we've got a lot of people running around. Are you my father? Are you my father? Are you my father? When somebody is your father, they're going to know there was a time where it was written on their heart that they became your father. Can I can I do a, a real life example here, Doc? One of one of your daughters, one of your biological daughter's sisters, Apostle Jennifer. Now, I first came to know her very long ago or very months ago, whatever it is, that she first came into love and unity. And I was originally drawn to her and felt there was something special about this young lady and God kind of drew me to her and she to me and then she she kind of was very drawn to you because of Lanzine she was drawn to Apostle Cal and so she was like um you know Papa Cal will you be my spiritual father and he said well let's build a relationship and I said that she says, you know, I keep coming to you and I'm talking to you. I said, well, look, Apostle Cal's my brother. If, if he's your father, I can be your uncle. And she said, okay, Uncle Mike. And so for the longest time, she was calling me Uncle Mike. And that's fine. I'm, I don't care what you call me. But as we went on in the relationship, a week or so or two weeks ago, she had me on a program with Barry Cook, Dr. Barry, when we were talking about the difference between mentors and fathers. And while I was answering her question, in the difference between mentors and fathers, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, that's the role that you're filling in her life. And while I was answering it, the Lord spoke to her and said, that's what he's doing for you. A day later, Uncle Mike, can we talk? I knew what she wanted to talk about because it was witnessed on both ends. And so recently now I'm Papa Mike. But there was a moment that I knew I became her father. And Doc, our time is up. I want to touch on two things that you said. One of the things really quick is that uh, you talked about the foot washing. This foot washing that Jesus did was not a teaching on how to wash feet. And taken that, people have taken that, let's wash the feet, let's wash the feet, let's wash the feet. The other thing that you talked about was the, uh, the key was the demonstration of love. And what you're showing is a progression. There has to be the seed of the father before there can be a son. So in Malachi, when it's talking about that, I know no man 
that's ever became a father without releasing the seed. Okay, and so the heart of the father had to come first. That seed of the heart of the father God had to come first towards the sons in order for the sons to even be birthed. So, um, uh, oh my gosh, our time is totally up. And <laughs> you, you, please join us again uh, next week when I have Apostle Michael Fram here, when we are really telling it like it is as far as sonship goes. I know that you have so many notes and so many things. If you have questions, please send them to us. He will answer them. I promise you that. And we'll see you next time. We're here to really tell it like it is. Bye-bye. <laughs>